Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with one of my favorite performers on Broadway. I've spoken to her before, and I've reviewed her back when she was in high school here in Orlando, Florida. This is one of the current stars of Here Lies Love on Broadway, soon to be Jane Seymour in Six on Broadway, Jasmine Forsberg. In addition to getting ready to pull a little bit of double duty between two Broadway shows, Jasmine is also getting ready to make her 54 Below solo concert debut with her show Music That Made Me on November 19th. The show will start at 9.30 p.m. this coming Sunday and there is a live stream, so if you are not in New York City, you will have an opportunity to see it and as someone who has been following her career for nearly a decade at this point, I can tell you, you will not want to miss it. In addition to six and other musical theater properties that have been important to her, Jasmine will also take on songs from the likes of Whitney Houston, Ariana Grande, and others, as well as getting the opportunity to play some of her original songs for the first time with a full band. She will also have some of her six co-stars joining her, and she promises in this interview some other fun surprises as well. I spoke with Jasmine last Tuesday, literally at the exact moment that the closing notice came through for Here Lies Love. She and the rest of the cast had already known that it was coming for quite a while, so it wasn't a surprise, but we did talk about all of the different emotions that she would be going through with not only her solo concert debut, going back into six after having played the role of Jane Seymour in the first national tour, and then this show that means so much to her and so many Filipino people closing on Broadway. Jasmine, as always, is incredibly thoughtful and insightful into everything that we discuss. And I tell her this and she kind of laughs at me, but I think anyone who saw her on tour or even through the Tiny Desk concert from NPR very well might agree that as far as I'm concerned, Jasmine delivers the definitive version of Heart of Stone. There have been some incredible people who have sung that song already. But I think once she gets to Broadway, audiences and industry insiders who are not already familiar are going to be blown away with what she does. So I will be at her concert on Sunday, so I'm very much looking forward to that, and I hope you have the opportunity to check it out either at 54 Below or via the live stream. All right, with all of that out of the way, here is my conversation with Here Lies Love and Sixes, Jasmine Forsberg. Jasmine, since the last time we've talked, there has been so much going on in your life. Not only are you getting ready for your 54 Below solo debut, you are also getting ready to head back into the queendom of six. Are you keeping up? I know you've been a little under the weather recently. How are you doing? Are you ready for all of the craziness that's going to come over the next month? Uh, let me tell you, Matt, life has been a bit crazy lately, but so exciting. So many, so many exciting things coming uh, down the horizon for me, and I'm really approaching it with as much gratitude and grace as possible. Because yes, as you said, I am just getting over being sick. I was out of Here Lies Love for basically the entire week last week, which was is always so disappointing um, when you can't do what you love to do. And, and being sick for, I suppose, the normal non-performing folk can you know, you can get by if you have a little sniffle here and there, but wow, it is just detrimental when you have to be singing or doing a 90 minute pure cardio show that is both Here Lies Love and Six. And so very grateful to be feeling so much better 
truly, I woke up today feeling like a million bucks. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. So you are getting ready for your 54 debut solo show coming up on the 19th of November. You've got some friends joining you from six, and we're going to talk about all of that. But it's next week. Like, it's a week from Sunday. Like, you are in the throats. You're shaking your head at me. Yes, it is. It is crazy. Yeah. Are you are you ready? Is the show polished? Have you got everything in order? What's the status of where you sit with the rundown and everything like that? I personally, I started prepping this show over the summer. And every time I would work with my music director, Luke Williams, and my director, Joe Allen, Joseph Friedrich Allen, they'd always be like, we're good. We're ahead of the curve. We're fine. And so the fact that it's a week away, I'm, I feel like I'm just sitting in the excitement now. Um, I, I was listening to yesterday at the gym, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts on purpose by Jay with Jay Shetty. And I just, I love to choose random episodes here and there. And this particular one had to do with confidence. Like it was like the five steps to building confidence or something like that. And he had said that some, sometimes confidence is merely practice. And so the more reps you get in, the better you're going to feel about it. And so I've just been, you know, when I'm, when I was on the treadmill last night, I was running through the banter of the show because I will say the banter I think has me more nervous than the songs. Themselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love one of the reasons I love theater so much is you're not yourself. You're a character. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're doing a cabaret of your own stuff, People are watching you on stage. You're, you know, yes, I can step into the persona that is Jasmine on stage, but it still is me at my core. I'm not playing somebody else. And so I just want to make sure that I feel as ready and seamless with that as possible. And so I've been as much as I can just kind of in the shower doing a little stand up, stand up <laughs> comedy routine for myself hoping and praying that people find it as funny as I do. So <laughs> yeah, while you are imagining it, whether it's in the shower or at the gym, like are people applauding? Are people laughing at your jokes, hopefully oh. in your head? <laughs> 1000%. And I hope they're laughing with me, not at me. But honestly, if they're laughing at me, that's fine. I uh, one of the one quote that I read, I, I don't know if I could say it perfectly off the top of my head. But essentially, the quote is saying, being funny is for other people being silly is for yourself and i love oh, to I be love silly that. i love i love knowing that i can laugh and and there's lightness to life and so that's what i'm trying to bring into the concert a little bit and you know no am i a stand-up comedian no by any means absolutely not but <laughs> excited to just tell an authentic story while being as true to myself as possible so yeah well, in telling this story, I know the all the press material says you're obviously going to feature music from shows you've been a part of, but also from artists like Whitney Houston and Ariana Grande, but then some of your original stuff as well. So what yeah. is the story you're telling? Is it the arc of your life or is there a little bit something a little bit more specific that you're going to dive into? There is honestly... The trajectory starts, I mean, the show kickstarts with a song called For Once in My Life by Stevie Wonder. And that is the first song for the first and only song and dance competition number that I did for dance competitions back home in Orlando, Florida. And I was nine <laughs> years old. And so so we're truly going through a journey of, of my life through music and, and the songs that really have stuck with me, whether it is songs that, you know, may have gotten me a certain job that changed the course of my life or songs that I just love to sing and have influenced my love for music alone. And 
And the show is called The Music That Made Me, but I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the music that made me without featuring the music that I made. And so that's where I'm gonna incorporate a lot of my original material. And a lot of people ask me, some, I did a 54 Below podcast recently, and they say like, you know, tell me about your music. And I will say, I see on Spotify these little blurbs of artists saying like, this is a intersection of Joni Mitchell and Carole King and Sarah Burroughs. And like, I don't know if I could pinpoint those heavy hitter influences in my life or in, in my music just yet. But I'm hoping that the audience resonates with the stories that I'm telling, because ultimately it is just a, the music that I write is a personal journal entry of sorts. So the audience can get a look into my life and, specific key moments of what I was experiencing at a certain time or who was influencing my life at a certain time, whether that be crushes, whether that be (laughs) um, musical influences and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to sharing with everyone. Speaking of musical influences, when you are commuting to work or doing something around the house or running errands, what do you listen to? What are the playlists? What are the artists, even shows or albums? What do you listen to? You know, I will say because I'm so immersed in musical theater in my day-to-day life, luckily I'm, I'm very grateful to have a job to go to every night. Um, so I try, I find that I don't gravitate towards Broadway shows in my particular free time. That said, there is, there are certain songs that I love to, uh, there's a genre that I will always go to no matter what like i can i can go for a pop song anytime but the the music that i really gravitate towards is that like singer songwriter acoustic guitar vibe so artists that come to mind are adam melkor um james bay uh which is not really like the music that i write maybe maybe a little bit actually but um i find i like to take it back because the city is hustle and bustle and if i'm having music that's constantly energizing me and pumping me up by the end of the night i'm exhausted so i like to have music uh especially on my commute that's a little more chill a little more like sit back jazz just enjoy the commute you're here it's all good (laughs) yeah and i would imagine coming home from here lies love you need something to bring you down because if you like amped it up with the music as well i'd imagine you'd be up till like four in the morning every night after that show (laughs) because You all are running around so, so much with that. Um, Let's talk about Here Lies Love. We are talking on Tuesday, November 7th, and literally right as you were signing on to this call, we got the press release that it is going to be closing later this month on November 26th. Obviously a sad day for everybody in the Here Lies Love family, but it is still important to note, like this is a historic run of a show that many people after it didn't come directly from the public, never thought they'd get a chance to see on Broadway. So I'm sure the emotions are raw and, and disappointing right now, but if you're able to kind of look back on this journey for you and for, I mean, not to put too much pressure on one show, but for a lot of Filipino theater fans, can you kind of encapsulate what this show has meant in your life and in a much larger community that doesn't often get to see themselves reflected on a Broadway stage. Thank you for mentioning that, but this is a, an absolutely historic run. We made history on Broadway as being the first all Filipino cast. And I hope that we get to see that again. I don't know if we will. I hope, I, I hope that the legacy that Here Lies Love can leave with the community is that there are no barriers to what theater can be. And as a Filipino person, 
working with Leia Salonga in this show, she's one of our co-producers, but she also performed on stage with us for, for about six weeks at the beginning of our run. If you told eight-year-old Jasmine that she was going to be singing with the voice of Princess Jasmine and Mulan and an icon Miss Leia Salonga, she would have she would have dropped dead. Her mouth would have been hanging open like in disbelief because I, as a little girl, I didn't get to look up to a lot of Filipina artists. Like they weren't on the Broadway stages in the numbers that you see in Here Lies Love. And so I hope that we can serve as an inspiration for AAPI artists and people alike that, you know, you can see yourself represented and, and you can take up your space and you you are seen. You are seen, you are here, you are present, and there is a space for you. I'm just so grateful. Um, definitely a lot of emotions today. We've had we've had a lot of time to process it because we got the news a little bit ago and we've been sitting on it, which is which is has been hard, a very hard oh. Yeah. secret to to keep and not necessarily be burdened with but but just we've wanted all of our loved ones to get to the theater before before we close and so so if you're listening and you haven't seen it yet come on by the broadway theater yeah 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 so just on the logistical question even if your life's love wasn't closing you would have to be leaving around that date are you going to be continuing with the show through the 26th or when is your final date there are some details still in the works okay. as we speak. Originally, this coming, it's the 7th right now. Originally, the 12th was going to be my last day. But when we got the closing notice, I was like, oh, I want to be there. I want to I want to start and finish with them. So, so we're going to we're we're working some things out now, but I'm hopeful that I'll I'll be able to solidify that in the next day or so. But um uh, you know, initially I was I was hesitant to do double duty with rehearsals for six and performances at night, just because, as we said, I'm recovering from uh, in a uh, gross, sicky experience. And so I I really want to, you know, value my health and prioritize that. But this experience with these people, what something about theater that is so magical is that it's like a little time capsule, even even with me going to six it's not going to be the same experience as it was on tour. That tour is that experience. And the people can't see me, but I'm like holding in my hands, like this, <laughs> it, it's separate, you know? And I'm so grateful and excited to be going to six at the Lena Horn with the girls that I did it with on tour, but it's, it's not going to be the exact same. You know, we're not going to be in a little bubble that you're like, that you're in while on tour. You're going to, we're going to have a home in New York City to go back to. We're going to have our own separate communities. And so I just, I value each experience for its individual thing. And so I want to, I want to, you know, be with my Here Lies Love experience for as long as I can. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And I hope you're able to get that figured out because that would be a, a nice bookend to begin and end your Broadway debut with that company. But you mentioned mm -hmm. six starting on December 5th, the, the whole group from the first national tour, the Aragon tour is coming to Broadway together, which I think is just such a beautiful producing decision, like to keep you all together. Like that just feels like the right way to do six. Like that has to feel <laughs> good and, and uh, rewarding. Cause I know how much you guys all loved each other out there on tour. It is so rewarding. And one of my castmates from Here Lies Love, when I when I told them that I was going to be in six, um, she said, 
it makes complete sense. Like you've paid your dues on the road. Not everybody would leave an original Broadway company to go be a replacement in a Broadway show, but she's right. Like we, we paid our time on the road. We paid our dues and now we get to do it on Broadway on the biggest stage in America. And we can, and we can celebrate that. And we developed a true sisterhood, a true community while on tour. And so I'm excited to be able to revisit that this time on Broadway. So obviously when you auditioned for six and before you went into the tour, like you knew that this show had a worldwide fandom and like there were people all over the world who were obsessed with this show. At what point did you start to realize, oh wait, I'm in this show and now you have like fans worldwide now. Like, I don't know if that, when that hits you or if you're, you're probably too humble to ever admit it, but like people love you, Jasmine. Like I was talking with friends from the UK, somebody who actually works on the PR side for six over there. So he's seen so many Queens and like, he's excited to come to New York next year to see you on Broadway as Jane Seymour. Like when, like, has that hit you? It has to have, you're going to, you're going to demure and say, Oh no, whatever. But like (laughs) people love you. I, my mouth is open right now because (laughs) it, I really mean it when I say like, it's hard. It's, it's hard to believe. I don't know if it has hit me yet because I know, I know the excitement and the weight that six carries around the world in in our musical theater community, but then just in, in the, in the world. I mean, this is, this is world history, especially in the UK, this is their history. And so like, it really resonates with them. <laughs> I remember I met a person in Chicago who came to see six a handful of times with his partner. I believe his, maybe his husband, but his partner nonetheless. His name is Pan. And Pan was, I believe, in Germany. We, we connected several times throughout our time in Chicago because we were at the tour sat in Chicago for about three months. And maybe, maybe late 2022, Pan, I believe, was in Germany. And all of a sudden, he hears the six NPR tiny desk recording, like just oh, yeah, on the yeah. street. And he walks over to the person and is like, I've seen that cast in person. And he sent me an Instagram DM with a picture of this random stranger in Germany. I'm pretty sure it was Germany. Somewhere in, somewhere abroad, holding the phone. And it's like my screen cap of the, the Tiny Desk concert. And he sends the picture to me and just says like, you have, you have people who support you across the country, uh, across the globe. And just to... In this moment, I'm sitting in that feeling and it, it's just so, I'm so grateful and I'm so excited to be able to step back into this role in a company that really is loved. You know, our, I, our, our queendom has really given us so much support, specifically the Aragon Tour Queens. Like every, you know, every cast of six gets their share of love, but I'm really excited to be back with this sisterhood and this queendom to feel that sort of just community again because like you said six is i mean how, how many productions are there there's the broadway there's the canada there's the australia new zealand there's the west end there's the uk tour you know like so so many people get to see this show and get to see all the different iterations of it and so i'm very grateful that we get to be back together and and be and celebrate with this community again and you know who knows who knows the opportunities that we'll get coming up to to do press things or anything like that but i hope that we can we can have some more exciting times to share with the queen queendom and whatnot um really really just grateful grateful and excited yeah. 
Well, I, I know I'm a little bit biased because I've been a fan of yours for, I mean, gosh, pushing a decade now. But I think <laughs> that your Heart of Stone is the definitive version, and I will not hear any arguments to to that. <laughs> but um, okay, so here's here's a six question that I I don't I'm assuming you might be able to answer, but maybe not. Mm, hit me. What is the deal with the names for the ladies in waiting? Because they're not the actual musicians. It's the same for every production. Are they like the original musicians or are they historical names? Where do the names Joan and Senorita Maria, where do those things come from? They are historical names. They are the names of various ladies in waiting throughout the Tudor court. So yeah, that's where that comes from. We, we asked the same thing when we were in rehearsal, we were like, who are these people? And our, our associate uh, director at the time, Megan Farley was like, no, no, these were real, real ladies in waiting for the Queens that you were all playing. So yeah, the more, you know, Every time I say it, like, I just assumed it was the actual names of the musicians. Then I went, then I saw it with the tour and I was like, I think those are the same names that they said on Broadway. And I don't think it's the same musician. So I had to go to the program and check. So thank you for clearing that up. That had just been something that uh, stuck in my mind and I never knew the answer. So thank you. Um, Getting back to your, getting back to your concert, you talked about the fact that you're going to be reuniting with the Aragon tour uh, cast members and Storm and Olivia from the tour are going to be joining you at 54 below. I don't want to assume that they're going to be singing six things, but what is it like to be able to do something with these people that you, I mean, I don't know how many performances you did, hundreds of performances with them on the road to kind of step out of the bedazzled costumes and just stand on a stage with these ladies and perform in a completely different way. A couple of times, like truly less than a handful, we got to have that experience while on tour. And any, I swear, one of my favorite things about being friends with the Queens from Six is hearing them sing not from Six the Musical because Six, as showy and poppy and fun as it is, each queen has their like set moment and I, I swear, I remember specifically with Olivia, she performed a solo jazz concert while we were on tour in D.C. And that was one of the first times that I actually got to hear her sing. Let me tell you, this is Miss Jazz superstar Olivia Donaldson. And she is also an incredible vocal arranger. And so I asked if we could do one of her arrangements here in New York. We actually... the. We did a concert at um, Feinstein's in San Francisco, the Queens Who Inspire Queens. And it was all people, it was all, you know, Whitney Houston, Ariana Grande, Brandi Carlisle, Celine Dion. And this particular arrangement that we get to do, me, Storm, and Olivia, she arranged it for that particular concert. And I, I loved it so much that I said, hey, Olivia, do you think we could do that in New York City? So we're bringing it across the country. And Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. And Storm, actually, she is currently um, on tour with the Disney Princesses Live in Concert. She's been in Australia and New Zealand for the last couple months or so. And so she's truly on the other side of the planet. She must just really love the royal life being, you know, a Disney princess (laughs) currently. Um, So I'm just, I'm, I'm so, so, so excited. And there might be a few other special guests at the concert um, to, to maybe, join us on stage and sing a little bit of tunes. So I'm, I'm really looking awesome. forward to that. <laughs> I don't want you to necessarily, you've given us some pretty good details about the songs that are in there. I don't want to ask you to spoil anything that you don't want to, but as you look at the sh- at the songs that you are getting ready to perform here in a week and a half, is there one that you're like, 
I can't wait for people to hear this one, whether it's one of your original ones or something with somebody else. And you don't have to give details, but any, even even a tease of something that you are really, really excited to put out into the world. I have never been able to play my original music with a full band. And the fact that I'm going to have not just not just me on the guitar or me on the piano, which is which is the usual suspect uh, when it comes to my original songs. But I have a full band behind me. I have the drums, the bass, the the electric and the piano, like, and with me on the guitar as well. And I just, I'm so excited to step into my true pop star. That is Jasmine Forsberg. Yeah, yeah. Not just Jane Seymour holding the microphone in a bedazzled costume. Like, I get to be myself and a pop star at the same time. And I'm really looking forward to taking up that space and really embodying what it means to be an artist making my own music and and being on stage just celebrating musicality and and art and creation and doing something that i'm proud of doing something sharing something with the world that i am really really proud of and it is a piece of me truly when when it's a song that i've written so um it's it's fun to be able to share that with everyone and that's i think what i'm the most excited for yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple more questions and I'm going to let you go. You said you were out of Here Lies Love for most of the past week. Other than just mm-hmm. kind of rest, relax, and recuperate, what did you do with this unexpected downtime? I, I kid you not. There were some days where I spoke maybe five words because let me tell you, sinus infections, they're not cute. They're so, in fact, ugly. <laughs> and so... <laughs> But I'm surprised. I was telling my boyfriend that I I think I was maybe on day four or so of, of being out of the show. I had yet to even turn on my TV. But I didn't I wasn't picking up a book. I like didn't turn on my TV. I had so much stuff to do that required more mental work and not physical work. So like one of my what something that I learned during my time at Penn State is how to circumstance a song. Well, John Simpkins, the head of musical theater at Penn State. Um, would give us this essentially a formula for how to make a circumstance report. And you have to write out who you're talking to. What's the dilemma? What's the problem? What are you trying to get from them? And what's the trigger? What What's the moment before that launches you into the song? There's so much book work to truly embodying and living in a song. And my my concert takes kind of three chunks. There's like an intro slash prologue slash, hey, this is who I am. There's a musical theater chunk. And there's like an original kind of coffee shop vibe, singer, songwriter, this is my music. And for that music, musical theater chunk, my director, Joseph Friedrich Allen, was like, you're being actor jazzing here. Hash this out. Make, make sure you can drop in uh, one of my professors at Penn State, Steve Snyder, said, let the hamburger drop, let the cheeseburger drop. You need to let the circumstances truly settle in. And so that's a lot of what I was working on. Even though I was in R&R, rest and recovery mode for my body, my brain was very much like, let's focus in. Let's make sure that you you have every all the tools you need to, to just like be present in the concert and trust that you don't need to do the work because the work has already been done. That that's that quote. I'm I'm saying a lot of quotes today, but that no, quote, great. "Stay ready, so you stay ready, so you don't have to get ready." I think is so true. And um, in being sick many times over the the last calendar year, it's actually been a struggle of mine recently on on staying healthy. And I don't know if it's a product of tour and 
now a product of living in a city with seven, eight million other people. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but the ENT that I've been working with has encouraged me to keep running to get, make sure that my lungs are, especially in such a high cardio show like Here Lies Love and in six, stay running so that my lungs are, are continuing to work. And that way, when I step into the show again, it's not like my body goes into shock from having to, to do all that cardio again. So I would go on runs. I live right next to the river here in, in New York City. And so I have a beautiful path to run on. It's a little chilly for that, I will say. But luckily, I've been able to bundle up and go on my, my walks and get my fresh air. And all this to say, very excited to be back at Here Lies Love feeling 100 again. So, so, so happy about that. Yeah, your, your ENT and your... Penn State professors will be very proud that you've put this time to good use. So, um, thank you. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up. You have wh- whoever knows how much time left in Here Lies Love. You have your concert coming up on the nineteenth at Fifty Four Below. You are over at the Lena Horn Theater starting on December fifth. As you kind of look at what this next month, because I mean, it really is. This is the seventh, so it's it's the next month of your life is going to have so mm-hmm. many different things going on. What are you trying to take with you emotionally into what is probably going to be both a very exciting, but also a little bit bittersweet and challenging time just because of all the stuff that you have going on? What are, what are you going into this next month with as like the focus of how you're going to live the next four weeks? I think taking a deep breath and giving myself grace is something that I would love to carry through. This next month, I don't know if it's the Virgo in me. I'm not exactly positive what it is, but I I do tend to verge on being a little self-critical. And I, I just want to relax knowing that I've put in the work. Here lies love while it's coming to an end. We should celebrate it. You know, I just came from from being sick, you know, so I want to just like go into this next, these next few weeks with gratitude and an open heart and continuing to leave myself open for going with the flow. It's something that historically I'm very bad at. I love a plan. I like to say I can go with the flow once I have a plan, <laughs> but, but I think there's life. I will tell you life continues to throw you curveballs. I mean, I said yes to being in six and then the next, maybe within the next couple weeks, we got our closing notice for here lies love. And it wasn't, you know, my decision to do six wasn't hinged on, anything with here lies love it's just that i really my heart wanted to do be in the queendom again and so all this to say that life continues to throw so many curveballs at any given time and so i want to just be open to that take a deep breath when if those curveballs are thrown in the next month and just give myself grace and be proud of the work that i'm doing because there is so much to be proud of and there's so much to be thankful for and so that's what I want to remember and remind myself of. Very good. Well, as I said, the concert of 54 Below on November 19th, but for people who are not in New York, it is going to be live streamed. So Woo-hoo! people can do that. That's exciting too. Like again, fans around the world in the UK, in Germany, like so they can watch it too. Like that's a big deal. I'm so thrilled that I'll be, I mean, I, I got to meet so many people while on tour. And so I'm excited that my communities on the road um can can watch this and, and can see the six sisters reunite and everything. And yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So yes, please turn into the live stream. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will actually be there 
in person at 54. Uh, and I'm going to be there with a mutual friend of ours. Uh, Mauricio Martinez and I are going to come together who you did that a show coming? with. Yes. Yeah, so we he are going to be there he together. Said he, was gonna be in, he said he would be in Mexico. So I'm so happy that he can come. Oh my God. He confirmed with me yesterday that he would, he, he was going to go with me. So he, maybe he's lying to me, but, uh, that is the plan that we will be there. Uh, <laughs> On, on November 17th or on November 19th. So very excited about that. Congratulations on everything. I'm glad that you're feeling healthy and um, so excited for your next chapter and for whatever else happens after that. Thank you so much, Matt. And I look forward to chatting with you about all the ins and outs of everything yes. as we continue on through this journey together. 